Welcome to the Octane Athletics Feel Your Fire podcast brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and the DFW Tri Club. Go to dfwtriclub.com and dfwtriclub.com slash calendar to check out one of 1,000 coached workouts we have every year. That's dfwtriclub.com. Hey everybody, it's Coach Dave here. I wanted to take a minute to thank the folks at Gatorade. As you guys know, they're a sponsor of ours. I'm also lucky enough to be on the endurance team. And let's take a minute to understand a little bit more about what Gatorade Endurance Formula is because it's not your typical gas station or grocery store Gatorade. Gatorade Endurance is specifically formulated for us runners, triathletes, cyclists. It's a special blend that has twice the sodium and three times the potassium as the stuff that you'll find in the gas station. It's also pretty important for you guys to try out in your training because it's also on course at about 400 of the most popular events out there. Events like Boston Marathon, uh, the New York City Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, the Dallas Marathon, the Rock and Roll Series events, as well as Ironman. As of 2015, it'll be the hydration sponsor available on course at all of the United States uh, Ironman events, 70.3 and full distance Ironman. So you definitely want to get your hands on the stuff. I've got athletes that I work with that also use it and and most of them enjoy it very much. So go to the website, octane-athletics.com. There's an Amazon link in the upper right corner of the page. That'll take you to Amazon where you can get uh, your Gatorade Endurance Formula. It is Prime eligible, so if you are an Amazon Prime member, that shipping for you would be free. It's also available at some of your local endurance running stores, triathlon stores. Head on into those places and see if they carry it. If they don't, see if they will carry it. And give it a shot. I think it's great stuff. And again, it's on course at all those events, so it makes a lot of sense for you guys to be working with it in your training to make sure that it's something that will work with your system. So go out and try Gator Endurance. Episode 46. Mr. Messman. Episode 46. 46. Yep, and we are going to focus on uh, the race that was Austin 70.3, your this, A race for the year. This is going to be my audio race report. Good. Of course, you're going to put your real race report up on octaneathletics.com on the race recon uh, page, right? Yes. It seems like an awful lot of work, but yes, I'm going to do that. No, it's not a lot of work. I think it's about 15 questions, man. We are looking to create the Internet's best repository of endurance race reports from real people, kind of like an Amazon.com review for race reports. So I like that, that. Our folks can go and head over to octane-athletics.com, click on race reports, do some searching for things like Austin 70.3, and they can see all the different reviews that all the different folks that have participated in that race uh, have to offer so they can make decisions about what races work for them and what don't. So we, um, we're not in the same room. It's kind of different. No, we're not. Um, I'm, uh, I'm at the office in a, in a soundproof room for the most part. At least I, I think it is. There's some foamy stuff on the wall here. So Is it like a panic room? <sighs> no, I wouldn't call it a panic room. I'd call it a phone room. Okay. I've never seen a phone room. I've seen a phone booth, but not a phone room. Picture a larger version of a phone booth with a desktop that you can sit at and uh, talk on the phone. Yeah, so very nice. If so, you really have to know what it looks like, I'll shoot you a picture and send it to you. I think I'm good. Okay, good. Right. I'm glad to hear that. All right, Randy. So um, this past Sunday was uh, Austin seventy point three, your A race for the year. Yes, which it was my A race. I have to tell you, man. Um, from my perspective as your uh, coach, uh, 
I could not be happier with the way that your race went. I think you executed the plan pretty perfectly. You stuck to the plan and committed to it. You must have eaten on the bike, which I was most afraid of, <laughs> uh, because you chopped year over year. I think you chopped like an hour and 12 minutes off your time. Yeah, so <clears> – sorry. It's kind of funny because when I got my race number, it was 2771, and I jokingly put up on – on Facebook, I think I put it in the Feel Your Fire um, page. I said 27 is the number of apple fritters I'm, I'm going to consume post-race, and 71 was the number of minutes I was going to chop off my previous year's um, performance. And I chopped off 71 minutes and 50 seconds. So <laughs> I had no idea um, that I was I was really actually just kidding around, but it's uh, – it's kind of weird that that's exactly what I chopped off seventy one minutes. So I was I couldn't be happier. I mean, yeah, I was, man. you swam uh, forty two and a half minutes or so. You biked three hundred and eight minutes. <clears throat> I'm sorry, three hours. You, you biked three hours and eight minutes, and you ran uh, two twelve forty six, which happens to be um, pretty close to my PR for an open uh, half marathon. So kudos to you, dude. Well, and, thanks, uh, man. And you had good transition times. I mean, they were in right around six minutes each. Yeah, my my T two was a little bit slower because I had to use the uh, porta potty, um, oh, and there's a little bit of a line waiting for there. So, well, um, when you use liquid, liquid nutrition like you do, uh, you tend to have to make that little pit stop out of out of T two. So that's yeah, that's uh, normal. I'd yeah. say at well, least it is for me. And. It was really a tough. It was a tough course this year. I mean, it was the same course as, as last year, but there was there's a lot of changes um, from an environmental standpoint. Uh, the uh, it was kind of windy, so there was some some pretty good chop in the water on the swim, and we swam it clockwise, which wasn't very good for me because I'm a left side breather. So I was uh, trying to sight off of all the other guys, and then trying to check their work periodically but it was um it was just a lot more difficult and I was able to swim down a couple of waves so I could never I never really got a good draft but I was always drafting if that makes sense because I was always around people yeah it was um it was just different but I felt really confident and uh no panic at all uh, I'll tell you from you went off late you think you were the laster yeah I was the the last wave. wave Um, so you went off late, so I got to see, you know, the water conditions as a spectator um, from the sidelines for pretty much every wave from the beginning of the race to yours. And right about the time you got in the water is when the wind really kicked up, and the lake was was not a calm. It was not a calm uh, situation when you got in there. And I know that a lot of the athletes today was there to support and watch. You know, they told me that things kind of changed for them part of the way in the water, so that couldn't have been easy. Um, from a swim standpoint? Well, I, I, I actually, you know, it's a big testament to the, the Tri Club open water swims because it was, I, was, I was prepared for it. I mean, I bumped into a lot of folks and uh, had a couple people kind of try to swim, not really over me, but kind of t- next to me or over the top of me. And I actually swam right into a buoy um, while I was swimming, <laughs> which was kind of weird. But I never, you know, I never stopped and went vertical. And I noticed 
I noticed a lot of people were stopping and, uh, you know, just had their head completely out of the water. It was the first time I ever saw a guy actually get pulled up onto a boat while I was swimming. And I've heard, but I can't verify this, that there was about 100 people that either uh, tapped out during the swim or got pulled uh, from the swim. So it was pretty um, it was pretty challenging conditions, I guess, uh, compared to last year for sure, because that lake was like glass last year. Yeah, yeah, with different, I think the biggest difference between this year and last from a swim standpoint is the, is the, certainly the uh, conditions of the water and the temperature, right? Because air temperature that morning outside the water was in the you know, high 40s and got in the water and it had to feel pretty pretty damn good because it was cold for me standing out there on my mountain bike. No, the water was great. Um, the the temperature was great. Um, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. So um, then you had your bike. The bike course was a little scary for me as a coach just because I'd seen some pictures that people had taken from, you know, driving it the day before. And there were, you know, we for those that don't know and aren't in Texas, we've had a lot of rain in the last year. And um, our streets are, you know, they're not really built for the amount of rain that we got, I don't think. And so there were a lot of washed out spots. And one specific spot that I noted and make sure to tell all you guys about was around 30, not 33 or 34, right, Randy's, where there were like sort of five different little bumps you had to get through to. Yeah. There was literally actually like no pavement. It was almost like a like a gravel ride for a little bit there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was kind of, I would equate it to, you know, three or four sets of railroad tracks that weren't parallel. So there was, you know, a good amount of break. And it was at the bottom of a hill too, which was which was not fun because usually, or last year on that course, I would just bomb down the hills. And so on this one, um, you know, obviously once you start getting to the bottom of the hill, you got to slow way down. And then because you've slowed way down, then you're basically going from a stop and you have to, um, you know, climb back up that hill without any, uh, any inertia from, you know, the trip down the hill. But I will say that um, the folks at Ironman Austin 70.3 did a really good job of supporting this race and making sure that everybody was safe because they had a guy posted up there with a megaphone who was just hollering at everybody. It was well-marked. Uh, they spray-painted all of it. But there's about three or four spots like that um, during the during the bike. So, Yeah, I talked to uh, – well, Andre uh, had a flat um, on the bike. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, more notably, I talked to Andrew Starkowitz a little bit after the race, and he was a super cool dude, man. Like for, you know, I don't know. That's one thing I love about the sport is – you get to intermingle with the pros and he was just walking around out by the, you know, that area where the tent was after the race. And it's like, man, you had a great day. And he stopped and chatted with me and with Andre and Robbie for a bit. And he goes, yeah, man, I had a good day and I was killing it on the bike. Like he always does. And he's like, yeah, but then I had a flat and I said, Oh really? You had a flat? He goes, yeah. And I'm really, what I'm most mad about is that it took me four and a half minutes to change it. And I just started sort of laughing and, um, after he walked away, I'm like, man, four and a half minutes. I'm still, I'm still dropping f bombs for four and a half minutes after I get a flat. So, right, um, yeah, he's, he, he's still, he's still averaged like 28 miles an hour. Dude, too. The, the dude just bombs it, and he ran really well too. So, I'm mean, not to turn this into a pro race report, but I just wanted to note that there were some flats out there because the roads were a little rough. But um, you rode really well, man. I think 
How'd you handle it? Did you did you kind of ratchet back the effort early in the ride so you had enough for those late hills? Did you did you follow our just watch normalized power the way that we had talked about? I mean, how'd you how'd you you know how'd you go how'd you attack the the run the the bike course that day? What was your strategy? Well, so we had um, and you had kind of plugged my numbers into best bike split or not kind of you did, and it came up with a um, normalized. Uh, power value um that value was 163 um but uh to be fair my vectors read a little bit lower than than what the actual power is so it was probably more like a 183 in all actuality but um anyway so i always is that your way of saying you ignored the best bike split report and um, wrote it 180 uh well no because i mean my riding at 163 would actually be riding at 183. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. But so I started off with the best of intentions. <laughs> um, I always go out a little bit hot on the bike. Um, and I looked down and my normalized power was 193 after about the first 15 minutes. Hmm. Um, so I, I ratcheted back a little bit, um, really spun up the hills. Um, and, you know, I know you told, told me not to do this, but my personal goal was to be in the 18s for my average uh, pace. So I, I took a look at my average pace, and I was a little bit below that, probably about a quarter of the way through. Uh, well, no, that's not true. Probably about three quarters of the way through, I looked at my average power. I just couldn't help myself anymore. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was right around 17.7 or something like that. Yeah. So I, you know, I kept my normalized, my normalized power ended up being 181 on the day. Um, and I did kind of, I, I pushed myself to the point where my hamstrings, I started feeling it in my hamstrings. And this is purely RPE. This is purely, you know, just me knowing my body and kind of I took it back to what my bike split was like at the X50 and how I felt off of that. And I know I needed to back it off a little bit. So um, once I started feeling that burn in the in the hamstrings and the glutes, then I would uh, I would really slow it down and in my heart rate was in check. So my heart rate was, you know, low zone three. Um, so I knew everything was going okay. It was just the wind. So I, I really think the wind was a factor in my speed, but, um, I just, and I, and I hydrated and I, you know, used my nutrition, um, not exactly on the timing when the watch would go off, but what I used uh, nutrition a lot going up hills when I was spinning, just because I wanted to really concentrate on the roads when I was going down at a higher speed. But I consumed all my nutrition um, right at the right time. So halfway through the ride, I was done with my first bottle. And when I was, you know, coming up that last hill into T2, I was finishing off my second bottle. Um, I thought it was really well supported this year, uh, better than last year from the aid station standpoint. And I can't say enough about that that tour hands um, front hydration thing that I use because uh-huh. it was, it was literally just perfect. Um, I grabbed a water at every bike aid station and just uh, opened it up with my teeth and jammed it in the, 
jammed it in the front of that thing and just squeezed and then threw the water out, threw the bottle away and it was perfect. I don't, I didn't spill anything. I mean, it's a really good setup. So yeah, those things have they're pretty highly rated. So so good bet it's good that you you actually got to try it in a race setting and and uh, make it work. Mine has an integrated bottle, so I don't really need one, but. It does. It looks good too. Yeah. So for whatever that's worth. Now, it's, well, to me, it's worth a lot. I like sometimes I like form over function. But um, and the another thing is the classified nutrition Neuralites. Um, mm. I'm I'm a big fan of those. I mean, I really believe that they cut down on your uh, rate of exertion, and obviously they help out with uh, your electrolytes too. And we don't get paid by those guys, so. I'm just telling you that stuff works. We don't get paid by Tor Hounds either, so yeah, no, that works too. Yeah, I'm a fan of what Jeff and Kevin are doing over there. So it's uh, it's good that you got to race using it and and to really put it to the test. I've only done some training with it, so um, that's the only experience I have. But the experience I have, I've, I've had you know pretty favorable about it. So that's good to hear. Um, so let's talk about the run a bit. Um, How'd that go for you? You know, how'd you take the first mile? Did you follow the plan there? Or did you deviate? Like, we literally haven't had this conversation. So no. for you folks listening, this is like the first time I'm actually getting, and I've got a little feedback from Randy, obviously, but because um, I was there and we chatted a little after the race, but we hadn't done any end-ups conversations because we wanted to do it on the show. Well, the, um, I mean, first of all, the run went better than I could ever have imagined. Um, T2, and the, the weird thing is this year, I actually felt, I felt more rested or uh, fresher when I came off the bike than I did last year, um, which I think has to do with, I mean, it can do, has to do with a lot of things, training, nutrition, uh, whatever, but I, you know, definitely the, the conditions were tougher this year than last year. And I, you know, I ended up going almost, uh, two miles per hour faster this year than I did last year in a tough on a tough course. So, are you talking about on the run? I was talking about on the on the bike. Okay. Um, but when I came in, you know, obviously when I first got off the bike, you have that. Oh wow! You know when you stand up. Yeah. And I trotted, you know. And last year I didn't really run through transition, so I trotted up to my slot and, you know, grabbed my stuff and, you know, went and used the bathroom, which really it that frustrated me a little bit you know because there were so many people waiting in line to use the restroom um but i got out there and i you know checked my heart rate checked my pace and of course i came out pretty hot um but that first part of the run you know coming out of t2 if you don't know the course is pretty much downhill for almost a mile um you know it's a it's a slight grade so um you know everyone comes out feeling pretty good and so I came out and just kept checking my heart rate. And my first mile or 1.2 miles was an 835, um, which is way faster. Um, my goal was to be, uh, my goal this year was to be 1050, so do a 1050 mile. Um, and so I came out of, uh, you know, for that first mile. And I didn't take in any nutrition because I ate a, uh, a Gatorade chew in transition, took in a little bit of water at the aid station and just kind of wanted to feel out, you know, how, how I was going to feel and wanted to keep the heart rate, uh, right below three initially. And so I had my heart rate set up as a heart rate zone. So 
I really settled it right in at 2.8 uh, as far as my, my heart rate zone. Uh, and I just, I was just going fast. I can't really explain it except that I just felt great. The first, the first, uh, loop was enjoyable and it was not enjoyable last year. Um, far from enjoyable, far from enjoyable. And I was running, I was running pretty consistently in the nine minutes, uh, as far as nine minute per mile, you know, nine, nine and change, obviously. Do you walk the aid stations? I walked the aid stations. Um, I did that for sure, but I did not walk besides that, and that was is a first for me. I have never, I've never done well with the exception of a sprint triathlon, obviously. But I've never done, uh, you know, a, even a well, no, I did run in my whole Olympic, but anything greater than Olympic, I've always walked uh, besides the aid stations. So that that really was just my goal when I was out there was okay. I'll walk the aid stations, and that's it. And I'm going to keep my heart rate, you know, right, right, dancing kind of between two and three. Um, and I didn't want it to go above 3.5 until the last lap. Um, and, you know, there's some pretty, pretty long hills. And, you know, I sometimes I'd have to slow, slow down. But, you know, I just kept checking my watch. And, you know, my, my times were just... I never had times like that. I'm not even in training have I had t- times like that. Maybe on just a, a a standalone run, but even my standalone runs weren't. Some of them weren't that good. And my my PR for my half marathon was like eleven twenty minute per mile. So, so you uh, PR to half to a uh, PR to half, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, you know, Ben t- PR'd his marathon at Louisville, so that's yeah, yeah. kind of cool. It, it shows, by the way, that. Um, you don't have to run a ton to no, to I have a good run in these events. I mean, I think my longest run ran, was, uh, was what an hour forty. No, maybe? I think I did two hours. I think I did a a two hour. I, I think I remember running eleven miles. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but that was once. That was once. Yeah. And that was more than once. And that was uh, probably about three or four weeks out. I'd have to look back, but yeah, yeah, I didn't look it up either. But I know that you. We didn't do a ton, a ton of road work on you. Man, I don't know. The biggest difference, so just so you guys are aware, this year Randy's um, run split was a 10.08 mile, and last year his run split was a... 13.50. (laughs) 13.54. So, you know, I don't know. It's pretty awesome. My book, it's almost four minute bet, you know, almost bettered yourself by four minutes, PR to half. And, uh, and, you know, dude, all I can tell you is that um, super proud of the of the race for sure, but what I'm more proud of is the difference in the training that you did. I mean, <laughs> you totally, different, this year. <laughs> totally different path to this race than you had last year. And, um, you know, it's uh, you're carrying. You're going to carry some good fitness into the next year. Into next year, where you know you've got you've got bigger bigger fish to fry in a few months. I mean, six months, six and a half months from now, you're you're going to be towing the line into Woodland. So I know it. Uh, we got work to do. Um, so I just urge you to you know keep the mindset you've got now because that's what it's going to take. You know, it's another level, but I'm a thousand percent positive that you got it, especially if you. You know, we allow, we lay out the right plan for you, and we you know collaborate on that. Make sure that you've got time for 
everything else going on in your life and and make sure it fits in and I don't know I think you're gonna you're gonna kill it down there too uh, I think uh, I think it's also a testament to my coaching and my coach um, yeah. because there's a few times dude where I kind of I did the workouts but there's uh, I mean even the week before I mean you you gave me a pretty intense uh, <laughs> bike workout and I mean I, I texted you during it you know and I'm like what the hell is this you know and uh you know why I'm laughing why because when like uh, when Tabitha listens to this oh yeah Tabitha Jolene, was Tabitha was listens livid. to this they're gonna laugh their asses off because they sent me the same text not not they didn't have the same workout you did but um they that same theme though like what are you doing I thought this was taper and you know taper doesn't mean you you know just kind of you know sit in the recliner and eat bonbons I mean we got to keep training a little bit keep the muscles ready but yeah it was it was a pretty it was a reoccurring theme for the two weeks leading up to Austin in terms of uh you know what I'm thinking and and on the taper workouts so it's just kind of funny well I will say I think I think this year was you know the course was tougher but the run was much easier as far as the conditions because there was wind and because it was so cool so that was kind of an ideal situation for me yeah um because i don't run well in the heat um or haven't run well but hell i don't know maybe i'll run well in the heat at uh at the woodlands but you know all in all i um i was I was and still am absolutely thrilled. You know, I keep, I've got Iron Track on my phone, that app, and I keep mm-hmm. pulling it up and just looking at it and just expecting to see somebody else's name at the top. And it's my name. And I'm like, holy cow, you know? And it's, this is nothing, I mean, extraordinary. I mean, I, I no, was in, the, it's pretty salty, man. I was in mm-hmm. the top 42%, which, Take an hour off of a off of any race. I mean, take an hour off of any race of this distance, and it's it's a big damn deal. So it, you deserve it. Well, I'm, I'm I, giving you kudos on perp because you deserve it, man. Well, I like, appreciate you know. it, dude. But uh, you know, I I think it's um, I don't think it has a lot to do with my weight because I wasn't significantly heavier last year. I gained all yes, my you weight. Were. No, I gained all my weight after Ironman. Uh, I was probably ten pounds heavier last year than I was this year. I think your body comp is much different this year than last year. You're a lot leaner this year. Yeah. yeah a lot so. leaner. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, again, dude, congrats. And Thanks. And now onward and upward. And we've got the woodlands to think about. And we've already started your blueprint for that. So I'll be sharing with that with you in the next week or so. And Well, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. I, I do want to say I want to give a shout-out to Iron Man. I know in the podcast world that might be kind of um, – few and far between but they really had a had a better setup this year than they did last year they had an aid station at the swim um which they didn't have last year and that was really tough for the guys in the later waves because there was no nutrition i mean what unless whatever he brought with you there was there there weren't even any cups so i mean if you wanted to get a drink you had to you had to have a cup or you had to put it in your hand put it in your hand and that's what i did last year so they had a they had a, a full aid station set up at the swim. They had Zappos had a whole coffee um, tent at the at the swim, which is pretty cool for the spectators. Um, and the crowd, I mean, it was completely unlike anything it was last year. I would say there's probably three times as many spectators this year 
I mean, there's little kids high-fiving me on the run. I mean, it was a really great atmosphere uh, and a different atmosphere this year versus last year. And it's probably because it was a lot much cooler later in the year. Yeah, I think they were very smart to move it to, uh, to uh, you know, by a month. Very smart because uh, it was it was brutal to be down there last year. Well, um, it was a lot of fun this year, uh, a ton of fun. And I know it was challenging. I, I heard some really cool stories about a guy – uh, crashing at mile 55 um, and the EMTs came and checked him out and uh, I guess he was fine he wanted to go on but his bike was unrideable so he threw it over his shoulder and ran the last mile into T2 with his bike on his shoulder that's pretty cool and uh, there's a, a blind lady out there with her yep. guide um, mm-hmm. which was really cool uh, there's a fireman out there that did, I know he did the whole half marathon in full, the full fire gear regalia with the, well, that better, bigger story on that is that he set a Guinness book world record, a Guinness world record out there that day. No kidding. Mm-hmm. For the number of times, uh, that he's done that exact same feat. He was in Oceanside this year too. The guy's amazing, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Super amazing. Well, that's but, the, that's the stories that. I love about Iron Man. I mean, and it was it was a rough uh, it was a rough bike. I saw a lot of people. I saw one guy getting put into an arm sling, um, and uh, a lot of people were down on the side of the road. Uh, a lot of people flatted. I was lucky I didn't flat. Yeah, it's good. Hey, should we tell the story about the uh, front wheel? <laughs> yeah, probably should tell that story. Um, you want me to tell it or you want to tell it? <laughs> I want you to tell that, and I want you to tell the story about when I had you come to my room. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'll tell the room story first because it, it happened first. So uh, Saturday morning I get up, and uh, I got plans to do for the other athletes that aren't racing it at uh, Austin. And so I go to Starbucks, and uh, I'm doing that, and I get a call from Randy and or text from Randy and says, Hey, man. You know, when you get back, would you come to my room? Because I got a question. He goes, the door's open. So I go in, get back to the hotel from Starbucks, and I open the door, and Randy's got the luggage rack for the room, the one that has, like, the seatbelt straps on it. He's got it turned upside down, and he's using it as a bike rack with his, <laughs> for his bike. And uh, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, let's see what this is about. So I'm like, what's up, man? And he's asking me some questions about the nutrition. Those were all good and good and well. And uh, he's like this, and you know, he's asking all these questions. And finally, I'm like, "Man, you, you need to relax. Everything's good." And his final question to me before I told him to STFU and relax and stop was, "Should I check torque values?" <laughs> I had my I had my tools spread out everywhere. Yeah, they were all over the room. Bike was in the upside down luggage bike rack, um, which actually worked really well. It did work. Where it was kind of ingenious of you. Um, yeah, can I check torque's values? Uh, about three minutes later, I walked out of the room. <laughs> I'm like, you can call me when you're done here, dude. I'm gonna go charge my cell phone. Well, I was, I was so, I don't know, man. I was adjusting the brakes and I couldn't get the rear brake towed in right, and uh, you know, I was just. I was just stressing because it was finally. Oh yeah, you were stressing, all right. It was finally here, dude. I mean, I'd I'd been looking forward to this thing all year. Uh-huh. Well, you made the most of it for sure. The results you had. So then, fast forward, we leave to turn the stuff in, mostly to check the bike in, and we're at T two, 
uh, checking Randy's bike in, and he blows up the. I'm sitting in the in his truck waiting for him, and while well, he jacks with his bike some more, um, which took about 20 minutes at least um, <laughs> in the car. But I'm sitting there playing some video game on my cell phone, just waiting. I'm like, dude, whatever, man, take your time. I don't care. It's your race, so I'm, I'm here to support. So I'm sitting there in there in the in the truck, and he comes brings the bike around. He's like, man. Tires rub in the front now, fork. My exact words are, "We have a problem." Oh yeah, we, we we have a problem. I'm like, "What?" And he he spins the wheel and it's rubbing. It's rubbing pretty good. And I'm like, "Well, uh, what'd you air it up to?" It's like one of one to five, one ten, whatever the answer was. I go, "Well, get it, just back it down to ninety five. It'll be fine." And uh, he goes, "You think that'll work?" And I go, "Yeah, I think that'll work." And I didn't know that he had that he did what he did at this point and so he takes it down apparently he uh he is taking the thing down to like 80 he he finally tells me after the fact and it's still rubbing and I'm like what's going on man like this wasn't rubbing when we rode together last which was a month or so ago or whatever two months however long because before my surgery so it must have been two or three months prior to that he's like well oh uh I changed the tires Right before I left the house, I didn't have a chance to ride on them, and I just look at them, and I'm trying you didn't to be have patient. To say anything. I'm, I'm trying to be patient, but I don't, and I don't say a word, which is, for those that know me, is a feat because usually I'm not shy about. What the hell were you thinking, man? Well, I knew, I knew better. <laughs> I, I absolutely knew better not to do it, and it was, you know, we had moved. It was, you know, everything was in a state of disarray. No, you put great you put great tires on there. Just unfortunately, they were twenty fives and way too big for your super aero front fork. And yeah, uh, so I had to go run out and uh, find a twenty three <laughs> for the front. Yeah, yeah, and he did that alone for the record because I wasn't going along for that monkey business. You know, I was like, you could. I got to pee. You can drop me at the hotel. <laughs> well, you know, you were gonna you're gonna be nice about it, and I was like, dude, just let me drop you drop you back at the hotel. And luckily, the T2 was only about seven minutes from the hotel, and double luckily, I found a bike shop about a mile and a half away from the hotel that just happened to carry him. So um, I was back in business pretty quickly. But Yeah, so um, nothing nothing new on race day, Randy. I know nothing it. New on I know race it. Day. I know it. But it was, it was good. It, was, uh, it, was, it added a little uh, levity, brevity to the situation. I got a good laugh out of it at least. <laughs> So later that night, we went to eat with the crew. Everybody there did really well. So Lawrence had a pretty good race. Lawrence he was shooting, a, yeah, yeah, he was shooting for uh, better than he did, but he still broke six hours, which is you know, Lawrence is your size, so he's he can move, he can yeah. move some man. He had a great bike split. Yeah, he did. He swam thirty five minutes. I mean, well, if it wasn't for Lawrence, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have uh, been oh, at the yeah, race. That's another story we forgot to tell. So Randy sets three alarms in the hotel room race morning and sleeps through all of them. Lawrence is pounding on the door because luckily I had to give Lawrence a ride over there. Yeah. And, and my last words were that, that night was, "Oh, I'm never late. I'm never late. I was, <laughs> I was in the military. I'm never late." And a little backstory, uh, and we're going to bring this back around to college football. The Huskers <laughs> won the last second against a, a ranked Michigan State team. So I was all keyed up, and I was getting the – I was, you know, uh, packing the, the truck up the night before, and I, I, I couldn't fall asleep, you know. I, I couldn't fall asleep very well. So finally I did uh, get to sleep, but if it wasn't for 
if it wasn't for Lawrence, um, I wouldn't have made it. Yeah, that's yeah. so. Thanks to him for that. So yes, thank you, Lawrence. Without him, you wouldn't have had such a good day. Because I wasn't awake. I didn't wake up till five thirty. So um, Brian Evans finished his first his first seventy point three, and I ran into him at the end of the race in the parking lot before we left left Austin. He's I'm like, you can do it again. He's like, hell yeah, man, that was great. So he was, uh, I was worried about him on the swim. He was worried about it too, so it's not a newsflash for him, not putting it out to the universe. Uh, but he, he did well, got out of the water, and you know, did, did really well the rest of the way. Um, Micah ended up with, uh, she, was, she had top 20. Um, she finished 20 in her age, 20th in her age group. So That's she incredible. Really well. She'll be at Texas with you, by the way. Um, so she'll be, she'll be working. Uh, yeah, Tabitha killed it. Tabitha did really well. 40, 41 in her age group, so that's really good. Her first seventy point three. She was, she's another one. She did. She was very, very compliant training wise. You know, you guys all did a really good job as far as getting the work in. Um, Andre did well. PR for the for that distance broke seven hours. Um, had a flat on the bike, still rode a 330, so that's pretty good on that course. Yeah. Um, Jeff did well, finished his seven, first 70.3, had a bad IT band issue, still went 608. Wow. Uh, he's going to be at Texas with you and Micah, so that'll be good. Uh, Scott Long, another PR, 70.3 distance, um, had a 208 run. He's been working his run hard, and it showed. He had a great run off the bike and his bike split was 318 so he didn't run too sha- he didn't ride, ride too shabby either. <sighs> Little Robbie Paddock man, uh, you remember Robbie right, the young yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Ran a 142 off the bike. That's nuts. Yeah. So Robbie and I are going to be kind of plotting a course for him to try to go to try to get a world championship chip cuz kid can outrun a phone call, man. <laughs> so fast. And just to do that off the bike too. I mean, he had his bike split was no slouch either, like three seventeen bike split. He could have went harder, um, but I held him back some because it was his first race, and he still still had a good bike split. Um, and then Jeline, uh, her second seventy point three in a few months, and she had a great race. Um, really good bike split. Really proud of her bike split, and she's moving to Ohio, so uh, she'll be leaving us, but. Um, she's staying, she's staying on the team with me, so that'll be great. I'm really looking forward to her next season. She's already sent me a bunch of texts about, all right, coach, what are we going to work on? And, uh, you know, what do I need to work on? What do I need to do? And, uh, so she, uh, she's pretty much, uh, already looking forward to next season. So it'll be great, man. It's going to be good and I'm looking forward to it. And it's, you know, it's been a great year and, I sent you guys a bit of a, sh- a sappy email, but uh, I mean it, man. It's especially me being on the shelf race wise. It's really, really enjoying coaching even more um, than so than I enjoyed racing. So uh, I'll be back out there myself soon because I, I can't stand to be away from it. You guys actually being at Austin uh, got a little bit of a bite of the bug, and I'm ready to get out there and do some stuff. I just need my body to cooperate. So. Well, it was um, it was awesome. I mean, completely awesome. And uh, it, it 
you know, exceeded my expectations this year. So it's just a testament to, you know, coaching, being consistent, um, having some good nutrition, losing some weights, um, really even the recovery pump boots, man. I mean, I honestly think, uh, I honestly think that that had a big part of, uh, you know, my success. So, you know, yeah. I, I think it was a variety of things, but uh, they all came together on that day for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was great. The party was good too. We had about a dozen people there Friday night at Pure Fitness in uh, in North Austin. It was pretty great. Thank you to Perry for letting us have the party there, and um, it was great. We uh, ordered in some pizza and had some beers from Shannon Brewery, and yeah, did some giveaways from Recovery Pump and Cryo Optima, and yeah. It was awesome, man. We had a good time down there. It was a great weekend. Um, it was a really good weekend, so uh, it was good. All right, man. Got anything else? We got to wrap. No, buddy. I'm good, man. Appreciate cool. it. Got to go meet the. Got to go meet the future wife and look at a house. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep. So, guys, before we wrap, do me a favor. Um, get out to iTunes. Uh, rate the podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to do that. It'd be super easy. All you got to do is click the link and type a few things. Uh, five stars. are better than one as you know so help us out there give us a like on facebook it's octane athletics on facebook um head over to the group we've had had a couple of ads to the facebook group randy it's been great yeah it's been awesome it's, it's cool it's called the uh, fuel your fire running and triathlon facebook group again i'll have a link in the show notes for this so you can click on that and and do that and uh follow us on twitter at octane usa Instagram at Octane Athletics, um, and then I'll put links to my Twitter, Randy's Twitter, and Mike's Twitter in the show notes as well. Um, head to the website, and if you uh, enjoy what we do and you feel like uh, supporting the show, click on the link in the upper right-hand corner. Um, you know, buy us—I I call it buying us a cup of coffee—and uh, you know, give us three or five dollars a month or something. It helps pay for bandwidth, equipment, and whatnot show will always be free it's no obligation to you guys to do that but if you if you appreciate what we do and you have a few bucks share some with us it'd be great yeah we also got a uh, got a couple cool octane uh, items that will probably be for sale pretty soon you can uh, support us that way as well yeah i'm gonna have some t-shirts out there and uh ryan you got some water bottles that are pretty cool so yeah, and proceeds uh um, some proceeds from that are going to go to uh the make-a-wish foundation so it's oh, going to yeah. be supporting a good cause yep it's good. So, guys, uh, stay tuned in with us. We really appreciate your support and uh, you you uh, listening to the show and download and tell your friends. So, uh, with that, we will uh, sound off for this week, and we'll holler at you very soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I've got a funny anecdote. Home Depot, and I'm looking at, there's two ladies that so work for Home, Home Depot. <laughs> My first thought was, can you give me some advice about, and I want to say C-A-U-L-K, caulk. Right. I rethought that and say, can you give me some advice about shower sealant? Silicone sealant, please. I think you're way too worried about the word caulk. Those women are used to it if they work at Home Depot. Oh. Well... And that's not a cock joke, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Cock. And I'm not editing it either. You went there, so I just put the punctuation on there. I thought it was there. a funny anecdote.